good afternoon. Welcome to the marketplace. Coming up, racing against time. In 12 hours, independent power producers may shut down their plans if government fails to reach an agreement over debt owed them. Meanwhile, the minority in parliament warns of massive load shedding ahead if government does not act. We want to call on the finance ministry and government, and particularly the president, to intervene urgently in this matter and ensure that we find an amicable solution. Also coming up, consistent hikes in the prices of bread push bakers out of business as pitching it dips. So if you, you have to go for a piece of bread or a loaf of bread for 20 cities, 20 cities alone for bread? Hello. And we put the spotlight on Ghana's jewelry industry, which is becoming globally uncompetitive because of the use of obsolete equipment for production. We still have our local uh, jewelers who are still using rudimental tools, who are also um, using obsolete mach- um, um, equipment, and they are unable to produce to meet international standards. We have more coming up. Do stay with us here on the market, please. My name is Daryl Park. Thanks for staying with us, everyone. In 12 hours, the independent power producers may shut down their plans if government fails to reach an agreement with them. The Chamber of Independent Power Producers has, in a memo, directed its members to shut down their plans from the 1st of July to the 8th of July if government fails to pay 30% of the $1.73 billion owed them. Meantime, the minority in Parliament is sending out a passionate appeal to the independent power producers who have threatened to shut down their plans from doing so. Let's uh, listen to uh, John Dinapol, who is minority spokesperson on energy. Indeed, the Mines and Energy Committee met the independent power producers over the weekend. The situation is indeed dire. We are on the brink, and if nothing is done, the independent power producers will shut all their plans. Bearing in mind that these IPPs constitute about 70%, to be specific, 67% of thermal power produced in Ghana. So a shutdown of their plants would mean that this country would experience massive load shedding, massive blackouts, massive doomsaw that has not been experienced before. When 50% of the total power produced is taken out, your guess is as good as mine. I have spoken to former President Mahama, and he has indicated that on his behalf, I should make a passionate and humbling appeal to these independent power producers that for the sake of this country, he's making a passionate appeal to them to reconsider their decision towards shutting their plans on the 1st of July. That is the deadline they've given to government. And so I want to make a passionate appeal and plead with the independent power producers to give government and the nation some more time. But even as we are pleading with them, we wish to call on government to demonstrate leadership, to show commitment, 
And I think that the approach being adopted by the finance minister will not resolve the issue. The finance minister, instead of dealing with the chamber of IPPs, is engaged in selective payments, discriminatory payments, selecting some preferred IPPs, paying them, and leaving others to their own fate. We want to call on the finance ministry and government, and particularly the president, to intervene urgently in this matter and ensure that we find an amicable solution. The in other news, the United Nations Development Programme, UNDP, is raising red flags over what it describes as bias on the part of three of the world's biggest credit rating agencies against some African countries, including Ghana. In its latest report on lowering the cost of borrowing in Africa, the UNDP says the continuous downgrade of Ghana's economy is based on, quote, less subjective assessments and is costing the state and other African countries some $74 billion. President Kufado last week criticized the agencies calling them reckless. And I can comfortably and convincingly say this. As the AU champion for African financial institutions and leader of a country which recently had to deal with one of the most difficult periods in its post-independent history. Difficulties which were exacerbated by the reckless behavior of rating agencies that engaged that engaged in pro-cyclical downgrades, shutting Ghana out of capital markets and turning a liquidity crisis into a solvency crisis. Afri-Exim Bank, under its counter-cyclical response mechanism, provided timely support to help Ghana navigate the macroeconomic management challenges, worsened by Russia's war of aggression in Ukraine, in an orderly manner, when suddenly we realized we were alone. That was last week at the Africa Bank uh, AGM. Meantime, Foreign Affairs correspondent Blessed Suga has an exclusive interview with Ahuna Iziakunwa, the regional director of the UNDP, uh, who sheds more light on the report. So that's an issue. Uh, but there are ways to make finances cheaper for the continent, that's something we have to look at. And we've been looking at it at UNDP, for instance, we just did a study on uh, the cost of borrowing right. and the credit rating uh, bias that puts African countries at a disadvantage. Uh, if we can deal with that, you save $75 billion wow. uh, a year for just 16 countries that we surveyed. Are you saying this is becoming a reality? Because our president raised that during the African meetings where uh, there's this continental push for our own standards and ratings. Is that the solution to the problem? That's part of the solution. I mean, you will always have uh, to um, participate in the international rating agencies because they, you know, they have a yeah, standard. Because we can't do without them. Exactly. Yeah. But, but I think that you can influence how they rate Africa and it comes back to the perceptions. Uh, a lot of it is really perceptions. I mean, there are facts and there's a reality that you have insecurity in some cases and you have foreign exchange volatility in other cases. Yeah, don't, don't get me wrong. There are reasons uh, why all of these ratings are as bad as they are in some cases. But, you know, it's not taking into account all the data and it's also not always objective. Some of it is subjective. We know that there is, you know, this country Ghana is surrounded by 
um, countries that are in violent extremism situations. So it must be risky, you know, to invest in Ghana. No, don't do that. <laughs> you know, yeah. take Ghana in its own right in terms of what it has to offer and what its potential is and do that rating based on some objective data. Well, next, the Pan-African uh, Payment and Settlement System says, although the focus of its framework is... Well, next, the Pan-African uh, Payment and Settlement System says, although the focus of its framework is... comes down. The Bank of Ghana, will, interest rates will come down. And the pri- pillar of the African continental free trade area, PAPS is seeking to create a platform that will wean the continent off the reliance on the U.S. dollar as forex, which currently identified to be co- to cost uh, five currencies, and also in terms of uh, the speed of delivering payments. Okay, let me take a step back. There are four challenges of cross-border payment systems all over the world. We have the issue, the challenge of speed, a payment from uh, Benin to Nigeria will first hit the U.S., hit the U.K., and get here in three days or more. Uh, the, the other is cost, and the other is, with all that trajectory, you lose transparency and also access. So PAPS offers all these challenges and solutions to these challenges. One, it's an instant payment system, instant in that the recipient receives the funds in maximum 120 seconds. In the trials that we've done and today the transactions we've carried out, we've averaged 10 and below seconds. So funds are there and they've been local currency. Now the challenge with the dollar you're talking about, yes, it is real because uh, we've traded uh, this currency for quite a while. And the intention is not that we don't, we, go, we do our with it, but that increase and facilitate trade here. And how do we do it? Uh, we encourage the use of local currencies and because countries have imbalances in trade, that difference is netted off. It's a net settlement system. The net is settled in dollars. So ultimately, even today, before we completely use our currencies, countries save because uh, it's not, well, they've been paying out at gross, at gross amounts, now they'll be paying net amounts in dollars. So there's a sub- sub- substantial reduction in what they pay out. Well, we're talking about uh, what your target is because um, in Africa we know that annually over five billion is being lost because of these uh, transactions that go out of the continent and then get back to us. But the question about the approach and um, where we should have been starting from, many experts say, and you can share your side and where you stand on this, that we should start with a common currency. At least that will unify the continent before uh, we have a common you know, payment and settlement system. You agree with that approach? It works in different ways, and probably that can work as well. However, if you look at where we are and where we started from as African countries, we are independent countries, and we have 41 currencies to date. So, uh, and we also have certain stages of economic uh, integration that we need to go, that usually we go through. There's a preferential trade area, there's a common market, and so on, and, mo- and so forth, until we get the monetary union. Now, uh, gi- given where countries are and how they want to integrate, then you can introduce the common currency in the beginning or in the end. Uh, this would have been easier if we started off in 1963 with one currency. When countries have not established currencies, then we begin one. This is what's happening in the Sahel region and the rest. That was done. 
However, where we are now is uh, we need to, one, uh, transact in what we have. There are so many fundamentals that we need to be able to reach a monetary union. This is a process that even Europe went through. We target one that was using different currencies and eventually they came to one currency and one payment system. So it's, uh, it depends on where the, at what stage we are in terms of uh, uh, trade, in terms of economic integration and all that. So what, we, what we're pursuing is uh, uh, close to similar what was pursued to in Europe. We have one payment system that needs one common currency. But, but you concede that one currency policy would have made your work much more easier? Well, uh, it depends on when it would have been, been introduced. It could make the work easier if it was introduced in 1963. Maybe, probably wouldn't even be here doing this kind of thing. But if it wasn't done then, we just need to do it. All the full conversation is later on foreign affairs with Blessed Suga on the Joinish channel. That's at 10 p.m. make a date. Now, there are indications consistent increases in the price of flour and baking products are reducing patronage in some parts, patronage of bread in some parts of Kumasi. Now, the price of a bag of flour has shot up from 580 cities in the first quarter of this year to 650 Ghana cities. Now, some retailers of bread say the size of a loaf has been reduced and this has affected daily sales and profit margins. Lab FM's Mona Lisa Frimpong has more. A bag of flour which sold at 580 Ghana cities in the first quarter of this year currently sells at 650 Ghana cities. Prices of other raw materials such as margarine, salt, milk, sugar, eggs have equally shot up. The price hike is pushing most flour users, especially bakeries, out of business. Some bakers say they now use small amounts of some ingredients and essential additives in baking bread. This, they say, has affected the quality of bread on the market. The situation is affecting some consumers of bread who say they now patronize other flour products aside bread. Yes. Mimi 
I don't have any problem with any baker does this because it's very expensive to get a loaf of bread or even a piece of bread, which doesn't make sense because you cannot be chewing the bread like you are chewing, you know, eating something. Add something. You need to add something. So you have to complement it with something. So if you, you have to go for a piece of bread or a loaf of bread for 20 cities, 20 cities alone for bread, hello. On the streets of Kumase, retailers say they are recording low sales. According to them, their daily sales of 50 loaves have dwindled to between 25 and 30 loaves of bread. They want government to reduce taxes on raw materials to keep them in business. When I joined the business, it was moving all right. By these days, the business wasn't going all that because they said, like, it was that time it was 12 10 city. Now it's 12 city. People are complaining. Sometimes when you take bus, when bus come and take you, then they are going. Somebody say, Oh, how much is the bread? When you say it's 12 city, they'll say they'll be complaining that it's too much because it's 12 city. You said, I'm going to buy the acquire because I say, Oh, no, back home, I say, I'm going to top on 12 city. This is my acquire brassa. I'm going to touch it. First, it's me to pound 100. They say, Pound of 50 in the Leadership of the Ashanti Fly Users Association tells Love News that despite petitioning government over the excessive hikes in the price of flour, the situation persists. CEO of Matiko Bakery, Equia Friye, and Isaac Ajiban wants government to come to their aid. A twenty twenty nine one hundred and twenty nine koya could do six hundred. Yeah, Cassan one a bible to me a yeah who be a mine by a pim pimia call Minister of Trade War a crying in a dear say if it last year October and about December no money dear. A price and all more want so a born on so a month Fabian County maintaining standards are the pim say do January. In tonight, Empire Bonner no say, Sunny economical situation is a in Tinka, a bad January Yanka, a beam, but I see a normal at the swamming. But this year, I do a January month, yes, I increasing in premiums are a cost six hundred and twenty, six hundred and thirty, and this year, I can say six hundred and fifty. For Joy Business, Mona Lisa Frimpon reporting. While still in the Ashanti region, Amerifiman Rural Bank is increasing financing to micro, small, and medium-scale enterprises to create job opportunities in its catchment. Over 25,000 business owners are captured under the bank's microfinance scheme, benefiting from over 154 million cities disbursed in loans to the sector. Chief Executive Officer Dr. Alexander Asma explains the bank continues to offer business advisory services to these enterprises to ensure they stay afloat. Amaya Ojima was at the bank's annual general meeting and filed this report. The American Rural Bank is helping build local economies through support for micro, small and medium-scale enterprises. Already, the bank is targeting productive sectors of the economy to grow its revenue as the domestic debt exchange program takes a toll on some investment opportunities. CEO Dr. Alexander Asma explains. The most safest investment that we know in a country is the government bond sensitivities. And now that is not too safe, as you are aware, because government has declared its ability to pay uh, 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 
its commitment on bonds. And now the only window left is the is the treasury bills, which also must be managed carefully. So as a bank, we are strategically positioning ourselves to push our funds into the hands of productive uh, sectors of the economy. The bank's 2022 annual report indicates a profit margin of over 8 million cities, 10.4% higher than the amount recorded in 2021. Total deposits grew to over 557 million cities from 401 million cities. Total assets also went up by a variance of 159.3 million cities, a 38.6% increase over the previous year. Operating income and investments grew by 25.4 and 11.4% respectively. Cash and bank balances increased to 173.9 million cities, representing a significant growth of 232.5%. Dr. Asma says strategies to help businesses recover from the COVID-19 pandemic shocks have yielded satisfactory results. And this year looks even much better. Our, our first quarter results was amazing. Our second quarter result is also looking extremely good. And, and I'm sure that this year is set for, for a very good performance because we are focusing on the financial intermediation, which is the core of the bank's business. Meanwhile, the bank's present loan portfolio at the end of the year was reduced by 914,000 cities due to a change in focus to a short-term lending. Dr. Asma says the strategic change has allowed for more businesses to benefit from the support. So because of the shift from a long-term uh, lending uh, to a short-term lending, the portfolio had a shift because then you see that the long-term facilities like five-year tenor facilities or the three-year tenor facilities are now uh, giving way for short tenor facilities like uh, one-year, six-month, nine-month facilities. And that is what has uh, resulted in the change slight reduction in the portfolio. For Joy News, Nanaya Ojima. Report. Now, how do local jewelers and goldsmiths use obsolete equipment to produce ornaments of high standards to compete globally? That is the bane of artisans in the in jewelry production, which puts them at a disadvantaged position in meeting international standards. But the Metals and Jewelry Department of the Integrated Rural Art and Industry, uh, KNUSD, is on a mission to change the narrative in the Ashanti region. Here's more in this report. There is a gap between local jewelers and industry. This has affected the standard of products produced to meet international needs. Head of department at the Metals and Jewelry Department of the Integrated Rural Art and Industry, KNUST, Professor Ebenezer Kofi Howard, says to bridge this gap, industry players are conducting series of training for jewelers to compete in their competitive business environment. He was speaking at the Maiden Jewelry Training Conference in Kumasi. And things have changed. We still have our local uh, jewelers who are still using rudimental tools, who are also um, using obsolete um, um, equipment, and they are unable to produce to meet international standards. I think the current call is all on, on all of us to come together to train. KNUST, we are training um, jewelers for the industry. And so we are much, very much concerned about the quality of products that we churn out every year. Unfortunately, um, the collaboration has not been that good 
with industry. And so we are coming together to also add our quota to the training of local jewelers to enable them to be able to come apart with what is happening internationally. As the world moves to digitalization, goldsmiths and jewelers are advised to take advantage of social media in marketing products. Judy Graham is Chief Executive Officer of Rapport Services. Well, we expect that after the training, they'll be able to market themselves worldwide. That's the whole idea. You know, um, the fact that Ghana is a gold-producing country um, and unfortunately for years we've been sending our gold raw out of the country has to cease. One of the problems we've faced is that when uh, people want to buy jewelry, there's no one-stop shop where they can go and find everything there. We're trying to change that. Um, the Kole um, Clote Municipal Assembly in Accra are collaborating with the Jewelers Association of Ghana and other stakeholders to put up a gold emporium in Accra. Mona Lisa Frimpon reporting. And finally for us this afternoon, an opportunity to work in Angle Gold Ashanti Obwase mine remains an aspiration of many residents, especially indigents of Obwase. But the introduction of an apprenticeship program by the mining giant to train the youth in its advanced catchment with entrepreneurial and unplayable skills appears to have changed the narrative of residents working and wanting to work in the mines at all costs. My colleague Ohim Interior reports some residents, including women, are taking advantage of free training provided by Anglo Gold Ashanti in trades such as welding, fabrication, and auto engineering to change their lot. The suspension of operations at Angogod Ashanti Obwasemai, which until now employed thousands of residents, adversely affected the economy of Obwase, bringing the economy on its knees. It explains the saying that Obwase is the mine and the mine is Obwase. But with the resuscitation of the mine, Following the launch of the redevelopment program in 2019, life has since returned into normalcy. The dream of many of the teaming youth in Obwasi is to work in the mine to better their lives. But the introduction of the apprenticeship and entrepreneurial programs means residents waiting to be employed can acquire skills at no cost thanks to AGA's benevolence. This forms part of efforts by Angogod Ashanti to develop resilient and social economically self-sustaining communities in this catchment in the next 10 years. At least 230 youth in Obwasi are benefiting from this scheme as they receive training in dressmaking, welding and fabrication among others. One of them is Vera Akumia Ajimai, a former restaurant attendant undergoing training in welding and fabrication. Even if I didn't get chance in the mind to work, I can open my own shop and work there. Besides the skills training, residents are taking advantage of the presence of the KNUST of Wasi campus to acquire knowledge that will position them to work in the mine in the future. A level 400 metallurgy student tells Joy News his desire to work at the mine influenced his decision to read his current course. Growing up, I know a lot about galancy and gold and gold. And as a child, I know that gold sells a lot and there is money in gold and all that. So growing up, I took interest in the gold because... Dr. Rick here. Another sign you're becoming your parents is getting particular about details that don't matter. 
The craziest thing happened when we got tacos the other day. Was it Wednesday or Thursday we got tacos? I know it wasn't Tuesday because that's when I went to my hairdresser. Shoot, what day was it? See how we all lost interest there? Progressive can't help you from becoming your parents, but we can help you compare rates on home insurance with HomeQuote Explorer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Because metallurgy is also related to the gold processing. All right, and that's uh, our program this afternoon. Thanks for watching more news on our website. Sure.